seminar called um, Why is Music Important? These guys are Matt and Phil Yates. They're from Real Life Church in Sutton Coldfield, just outside Birmingham. They are incredible worship leaders, musicians, and friends, and they are wonderful. So I will hand over to them, and I'm sure it will be amazing. Let's give them a huge round of applause. Thanks, David. Just a quick story. David um, lived with us many, many years ago when he was on year team. So the first time we met David, he was, what, 18? Moved into our spare bedroom, didn't open the curtains. For, we moved in for six months and left, what, two years later or something? Um, he was one of his first times we heard him preach. He was preaching on when Jesus turned water into wine. So he, he, had a, he was doing the preach, and my lovely wife here, um, just before he started, gave him a little bottle to say, well done, really excited for you, hope it goes really well. It was a bottle of Evian, so you, you have to make that point, otherwise it, a, it doesn't make sense. It was a bottle of Evian with a little tag on it saying, we love you, David, you're amazing, this is going to be really good fun and everything. Halfway through, David <coughs> takes a little swig from his drink and then kind of went... <laughs> Turned out my wife had filled it with actual wine. So halfway through his preach, David was just downing red wine. But he was preaching on water into wine. I thought it was just funny, but you hadn't clocked it. So that was quite funny. Oh, sorry, that's a little memory. Yeah. Go back a while. Hi, we're Matt and Phil. We've um, I know about three people in the room. So I'll just tell you a little bit about ourselves, who we are, um, why David's asked us to be here today. And then we're going to talk about this topic of why is music important, or why we think it's important, why God thinks it's important. So I'm Matt. I'm a husband um, to my wife, Philippa. I'm a dad to two wonderful children, Delta and Blue. I'm an elder at Real Life Church in Sutton Coalfield, which is where we moved to plant a church about 12 years ago um, from Hertfordshire. And I'm here from Community Church, Bishop Storford. Ah, that was our old church. Who's here from Real Life Church? Perfect. Um, music's always been a part of my story. Um, back to primary school, I learned the violin, the viola, played in orchestras. I joined a band at 16. I taught myself to play the piano because I thought it was quite fun. I then realized the piano wasn't very cool back then, so I taught myself to play the guitar instead. Turns out I still wasn't very cool, but um, we'll get there. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, became a Christian at university. Uh, I played in a band with the guy who took me on Alpha. Um, He started taking me along to church. I started playing bass in worship teams when I was about 19. Um, I went and did year team myself, started leading worship, co-leading worship teams, um, one of which was with my wife. Um, Outside of that, music in wedding bands, community events, parties, now kind of training, mentoring, leading others in worship and music and all that stuff. So it's a massive part of my life. Um, And when I'm not playing music, I do really miss it. Hi, my name's Philippa, but everyone calls me Phil. Um, Obviously, I'm a wife, because that would be a bit strange if I wasn't. Um, Also, a a mum to Delta and Blue, um, and also moved to Sutton Coalfield 12 years ago to help plant Real Life Church. I am, though, not from Birmingham. I am an Essex girl born and bred. Have we got anyone from Essex in the room? Well, yes, my daughter. (laughs) Well, it's the place to be. Um, Music has also always been a huge part of my life, and again, when we talk about starting with not particularly cool instruments, the first instrument I learned was the clarinet. Um, I didn't really want to play the clarinet as a girl. I wanted to play the flute, but my sister got the flute. I got the clarinet, but what can you do? Um, I then also went on to learn piano. I started being involved in worship and worship bands when I was about 15, 14, 15. Started leading worship at university when I was 19. I have one of those salvation stories that is not, oh, I was totally lost, and then I met Jesus on like a road to Damascus experience, and he saved me from all of this stuff. I have a story that goes, I 
I never, I can't remember not knowing Jesus. I was brought up in a Christian home. Um, I genuinely don't remember when I got saved, which when I was about your age, I was a bit like, oh, I don't want that story. I want to have like a real kind of, I was really bad. And then God came and saved me from it. But actually as an adult, I am so grateful for my story. So what I want to say is anyone here who has been raised in a Christian home has, can't remember not knowing Jesus and has got good Christian parents who have loved you throughout it and brought you up, go and say a massive thank you to them when you get home and thank Jesus for your story because it really is really beautiful and I'm very grateful for mine. Okay, we're going to do a very, very quick little interview of each other. This is quick fire questions to help you get to know us a little bit more. So, you've already said when you got saved, what is your favourite verse in the Bible? I'll go with Luke 4. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor. I've written it here, look. Proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind. I think it's really inspirational. What's yours? Oh, look how smooth this is. Um, I'm very, not very good at saying what's my favourite, so I've got two. Um, I love the one in Revelation where uh, it talks about him being the rider on the white horse and just king of all kings, lord of all lords. Oh, just love that one. And I love the one because I am a huge Christmas fan. Um, unto us a child is born and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Oh, just love those two. Nice. This is like date night at the Yates house, by the way. It's not really. We don't just do this, but yeah, okay. <laughs> What was your first album you remember buying? Okay, my first album was Kylie Minogue, and it was on cassette tape. Rick Astley. Was it Rick Astley? Rick Astley. He's come back round, though. Who likes Rick Astley? Did anyone see him at Glastonbury? He was really, really good. No, no. Cool. Um, Okay, what are you listening to at the moment? Oh, no. Uh, Kian DeCrow, probably the latest new person. Done. Um, I'm my guilty pleasure at the minute is a little bit of Jonas Brothers. Absolutely loving the Waffle House vibes. Really, really like. Moving it. on. Favorite <laughs> film? <laughs> my favorite film is While You Were Sleeping. Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> Thank you. Like, favorite worship song at the moment? At the moment, I'm going to steal yours and say I really love Gratitude, which I know is one of yours. I do really love that at the moment, and I love By the Grace of God. See, I told you I can't give a favorite answer. Mine's Graves into Garden. <laughs> you changed. <laughs> Who was in the 15s to 19s? That was good this morning. Um, where are we going? If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Curry. Steak. Nice. Stay in or go out? Stay in for Me? steak. <laughs> Me too, actually. And then last one. What is the best gift you have ever received? That's a big question. I know. Did I not prep you with this You one? didn't prep no, me for that sorry, one. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Look what you've done to me. Um, it was definitely my piano. It was one of those Christmas days where you thought you'd had all your presents, and then my dad came down the stairs with the extra big, the extra present at the end of it, and it was my first piano. Lovely. Yours? I think it was my She-Ra doll when I was nine. <laughs> it wasn't the large duffel bag. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. Okay, so what we're going to do just for the next sort of 20 minutes or so is we're just going to ask the big question, is creativity and music in particular important? So, in short, yes, and we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're going to look at, do, um, what does the Bible say about music? What does God say about music? What do we think about music? And therefore, is it important? And I'm going to basically summarize with, yes, it is. Music is so important and so vital. Um, And the biggest reason is that because music is a gift. Do you like our prop here? Who likes getting gifts? Give me a wave. Awesome. Yeah, who doesn't like getting gifts? It's the best thing. My love language is gifts. So absolute best thing. 
Thanks for the tip. <laughs> now, when you receive a gift or when you give a gift to somebody, it's because you care about them. It's because they mean something to you. Um, and you want to give them a gift either to often help them or just to really, really bless them. Now, we are important to God. He loves us so much and he has given us so many gifts, Jesus being the best one. But music is the particular gift we're going to look at today. And he has given us the gift of music both to help us and to bless us. And we're going to unpack that a little bit more. So if God deems music as a good gift to give to us, his children, who he loves, then it has to be important. So we're going to look at why it's important. We're going to look at um, what it says in the Bible about why it's important. And I just want to do a very quick aside. The reason we're going to look in the Bible is because this book... Mine's really pretty in pink. This book is absolute truth. So in a world right now that is screaming loud at you, what you should believe, what you should think, it's coming at you from all angles, from your friends, from the socials, even sometimes what you're taught at school. They're trying to teach you what is true, what is right, what is wrong. But the, and it can be so confusing. It must be because I've heard the millions of different things even just my daughter comes home with. And it can be so confusing. So when we want to know what the actual truth is, we have to come back to this book. We have to bring everything in our world under the authority of the scripture. And that is the reason God gave this. It's another gift he's given to us, the Bible, to make sure that we can live lives that are flourishing and thriving And that is why God has given us the scripture. And that is why when we look at music and is it important, we're going to do it based on this book. Okay. Um, Okay, so gifts are a reflection of the person who gave the gift. So as an example, I like going to barbecues. I like eating beef burgers. There's four people in my family. I turn up to a barbecue. I look in the fridge, four burgers. Perfect, I'm done. We're going to be well fed. So I'm very practical often with my gifts and things, which is a shame because your love language is gifts. Um, Phil, on the other hand, thinks blessing. So when Phil goes shopping for a barbecue, she goes to the shops and she buys everything, literally everything. Literally, not literally. Literally, sorry. Anyway, so she's very generous. So the gift reflects the giver. I can't be generous. But God is extravagant, generous, loving in what he gives, and it goes far beyond Um, any earthly expectation. That's who he is. That's his character. So every gift from from God is good. Um, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Um, In Psalm 91, it talks about God didn't just create our solar system. He created billions of galaxies. In fact, hundreds of billions of galaxies. And we're still discovering more. Everything about God is extravagant and beautiful. And obviously, the best gift he's ever given us is... Jesus. Good. That's a, just haven't got the right audience in there. Um, is Jesus. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Freedom, restoration, forgiveness, undeserved, entirely generous, extravagant, and beautiful in its gift. Perfect gift as part of his perfect plan. And God is the ultimate um, musician and perfect creator. He was the original creator, and he loves and uses creativity. And hopefully you see that in the Bible as you read it. Starting in Genesis, from the creation of light, sky, land, plants, crops, trees, water, land creatures, sea creatures, man, woman, all the beautiful things he made, to the end when Jesus will return and we'll get to live in the new earth that he will create for us. So God is a God of creation. 
And his creation is an amazingly good gift for us that definitely, definitely, definitely points to his extravagant, generous, beautiful, loving character of God. And that's really important when we look at the gift to remember who that gift is coming from. And you see that um, in nature, you see it in our own creation. We know that through everything God made, you can clearly see his invisible qualities. That's in Romans 6, his eternal power and his divine nature. We know as humans we are fearfully and wonderfully knitted together by him in our mother's womb. I think it's really hard to look around this earth and say God is not an awesome creator who is extravagant and generous and is the perfect gift giver. Um, So that's why we want to explore this gift of creativity in music today. And what use is a gift that stays in the box, my love? Oh, so smoothly segued. So we are going to unwrap this gift of music specifically today and just delve into it a little bit and see what it is about it that God has given us to both help us and bless us. This is why I'm glad I didn't do a double knot. Oh, look at that. Beautifully wrapped. I think you should take a ventriloquist dummy out of (laughs) there. Okay, so we're going to look at some of the things that music is amazing for. One of the first ones is well-being. Bit of a buzzword right now, but it's so, so important. Music is really, really important for well-being. And I've been doing a little bit of research, a little bit of scientific um, reading, and I'm just going to tell you a couple of interesting facts about music that will help you with your well-being. So, music can help you concentrate and work better. It can relax your mind, it can calm you down, and give you the perfect channel to help you focus on a topic. And it's also been found that music makes you work harder without even noticing it. So if you're walking or jogging or whatever, and you play certain music with certain beats, you will find that your steps naturally start to meet um, the beat of the song. So that increases your productivity. And if it's a physical um, workout, your strength and your stamina. Number two, music can greatly improve your physical health. So it says that researchers, scientific researchers, have found that listening to music of any kind can have excellent benefits to your cardiovascular health. So basically, your blood pumps better through your body um, when you are listening to music or playing music. The beats in music can also enable you to breathe better in rhythm with your own heartbeats. It can also reduce your heart rate, lower your blood pressure, decrease your cortisol, which is your stress hormone levels, and increase serotonin and endorphin levels in your blood, which are your happy hormones. Music can also ease pain and makes us more confident when we are managing our pain and is quite often used in certain therapies for that reason. What I love about this is that the God who made your body and therefore knows exactly how it works best also then gave you the gift to help you maintain your body and just, oh, it's just so amazing. I love that about God and he blesses us through this. He is the maker of our bodies and he gives us gifts to help our bodies work the best they can. Okay, number three, music reduces stress. Who puts music on when they've come home from school or work or college and had a really rough day? Anyone do that? Yeah, or listen to it in the car or in your ears on your walk home. Yeah, it helps reduce stress and it elevates your mood. This is scientifically proven. Singing in particular can particularly help reduce stress. So again, when you sing your favorite song or listen to your favorite music, you release those stress-busting hormones. So I said before, dopamine. She never stops. She must be very stressed. (laughs) I like singing. Um, And it's also been proved to have really um, amazing healing effects on depression, anxiety, and mood disorders. 
And patients who suffer from stress and trauma can often deal better with life when they are regularly exposed to music. And then last one for the well-being, music stimulates our brains. So if you want to firm up your body, you go to the gym, but if you want to exercise your brain, you could do a bit of Sudoku, but I really hate that. Listen to music. It's the best way. It is actually, and this is where I start to switch off, but I know my husband and daughter will be like, oh, amazing. It's structural, mathematical, and architectural. It's based on relationships between one note and the next, and you may not be aware of it, but your brain has to do a lot of computing to make sense of music. There are fewer things, few things that stimulate your brain the way music does. So that's what the scientists say, but we said we're going to look in the Bible. So if the scientists say it, does God agree with them? Well, yes, he does. There's a brilliant story in 1 Samuel, um, where it's just before, or just as we sort of see King David start to come into the picture, and Saul has basically struggling with a tormenting spirit. Saul's been a bit of a monkey, and he's done some stuff that's not great. He's not gone God's way. Um, so that a tormenting spirit has come, and he's feeling stressed and anxious and just hideous. And what they do is they call for someone, who turns out to be David, to come and play music for him because it is well known that when you are stressed and you feel anxious, playing music helps. And it says in um, chapter 16, 23, whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp and Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. So well-being is such a massive topic in our world right now, and we see that music plays a key role in ensuring that both our bodies and our minds are kept healthy. So the thing that helps us is the gift given to us by the God who loves us the most. Great one. And the, that was deliberately the longest one, because we oh, yeah, think they're not all going to be that long. so important right now, and it's been really important to us in our lives. So the next one is... We the next is gift, it going to be honey? the right one? Let me go. Ta-da! No, it's no, not. No, <laughs> so close, so close. I can talk about emotions. This one. What does that one say? Memories. Hopefully. Memories. Yeah, memories. memories. <laughs> okay, a little bit of audience participation. On the count of three, you're going to answer this question for me. So I'll go one, two, three, and then you're going to go, what are, what is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? One, two, three, go. Okay, nice. I was, nice kind of murmur. I can hear a bit of music out there as well. So let me just, let me just play you a start of a very quick song. You really have to crank this one up. It's a great song. You can have a little dance if you want and get up just to get the blood pumping. Here we go. The fruit of the spirit is not a coconut. Fruit of the spirit is not a coconut. Come on, it's not one ever heard this. You might as well hear it. Here it you can't be a fruit of the spirit, cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's enough. Um, if you ask anyone in our church what is the fruit of the spirit, they will—they won't tell you. They will go, "Fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control." Um, it's just what we do. That's how we've learned it through the kind of the memory of the song. Um, it has. Um, stuck in our brains and actually our kids are really good at just saying that's the fruit of the spirit Um, and music has always been used to help people remember things important stories informations lessons learned throughout history and a bit like I won't go into loads of brain stuff as well I am a teacher Um, that's one of my roles I work part-time as uh, for the church part-time in a secondary school you'll find out what subject in a minute but you might have guessed Um, and actually 
do is some really interesting research about the brain. And none of this is by accident. This is all by God's perfect creation. And actually, when I'm helping children to revise, what I say to them is, if you use one part of your brain, you're not exercising as much as you can. Therefore, you're not as likely to remember things. So what I say to the children is, if you're reading something and taking notes, you're using kind of two different functions. So you're more likely to remember. If you're reading something, summarizing, taking notes, drawing pictures, diagrams, coloring it in, representing it in a different way, speaking it out loud, singing it to yourself, having hand gestures, if anyone's a physicist out there, there's kind of all the different rules you need to remember, thank you. Um, And the more of yourself you engage, the more active your brain is, the more likely you are to remember stuff. That's proven, and we see that um, throughout history. Um, So music is one way to do that, because every time you learn something new, your brain tries to connect it to another memory in your brain that already exists. So if you learn something that's completely new and your brain can't link it to something you already know in some way inside your brain, it has to work much harder to remember that thing. But if someone says something, it's like um, I met two people at our church this week, and I was like, oh, no, right, I've got to remember their names. So their names were Catherine and Megan. So in my head, okay, William's married to Katie, Harry's married to Megan, Katie and Megan, Catherine and Megan, got it. Um, so in my head, you know, we've got long-haired Lucy um, and different people in the church. There's different ways I try and remember stuff by linking it. Your brain is doing that the whole time, um, which is really good. So why am I saying all that? Uh, music helps us remember stuff. Um, I'm also a maths teacher. Thank you. Um, I love using music. I always sing to my kids, and they get really fed up with me at school. Uh, I'm a secondary school teacher as well. Um, things like pie. Mathematical pi, three, five, one, four, one, five, nine, two. Oh, that's really bad. Six, five, three, five, eight, nine, seven. It keeps going on. Um, music helps you remember stuff. Sorry for how poor that was as well. I picked maths, entirely, entirely the wrong starting note. So music helps us remember. That's the science of the brain. Um, what does the Bible say? What does God say? Well, when God spoke to Moses, he said, write down the words of this song. Teach it to the people of Israel, help them learn it, so it may serve as a witness for me against them. And that's in Deuteronomy 31. God knew that even though his people had been rescued, saved, looked after, protected by him, that people would turn away and they would forget what had happened. So what did God do? Said God said, teach them this song. He knew then that generations down the line would remember the amazing works of God through the songs that have been passed down. So even God was using music to pass on stories, pass on lessons, teach things. And we see it in culture today. Are there any Taylor Swift fans out there? Oh dear. Um, so loads of her songs, aren't there, about her breakups? So when um, Joe Jonas broke up with her, allegedly on the telephone... Did we know that? That's a bit harsh, isn't it? That's allegedly, though. Um, She wrote the song Invisible String. And the Invisible String was a song all about the kind of the emotional uh, attachment she felt to Joe Jonas. The breakup, allegedly, happened on the telephone. So she never quite got that separation from the relationship. So she wrote a song about her experience of that breakup and how she basically had to put that behind her and had to consciously do that to break free from the Invisible String that was holding her back. Did they not break up in the Waffle House? (laughs) Thanks. Um, 
So, um, did anyone get tickets to see Taylor Swift? Oh, did you? So jealous. Oh, well done. Um, yeah, where was I? Taylor Swift, God, the Bible. Um, so yeah, so people still do it today. God did it, people do it today. Folk music, all kinds of music. Um, modern Christian songwriters, worship songs, key ways to remember stuff. I will shut up on this one now. Um, so songs, music, helps to remember stories, lessons learned. So much theology is taught through music nowadays. Worship songs, just Christian songwriters, things we remember that stick in our head, key melody lines, hooks, help us remember things. So it's really, really, really powerful tool. Music always takes us back to places as well. And it's been proven that people with like severe brain injury, music helps them remember things that they would have otherwise forgotten. Um, my dad sadly um, passed away earlier this year. And at the start of this week, I got to do like a jam night with a blues band. And I got to sing a song that my dad loved. And I'd never really sung it before. But it, it took me straight back to a, a happy place, a safe place, a comfortable place. And music has that power in our memories, not just to bring back facts, but to bring back emotion um, and all of that as well. Right, so we're going to the next one. Okay. Emotion, that's a good link. That's a very good link, yeah, because now it actually is time for... Hey, emotional expression. I'll get this right. Um, music is one of the best ways to express emotions. As Matt's already said, we see it all the time in the charts, Taylor Swift being an excellent um, example there. But when God made us, he made us to be holistic beings. That means he didn't just make our bodies, but he made our minds, our souls, our spirits, and our emotions. And he made music gave us our gift to connect with our emotions and help us express our feelings. And sometimes it's just so much easier to express what you're feeling, thank you, <laughs> through music than it is through words. So I'm, I'm a real feeler. I feel everything really, really deeply. Um, so for me, having the gift of music in my life to help me not just feel that stuff but express it is just a really, really invaluable gift. So I'm going to share with you just a couple of my favourite emotion expression songs. When I am happy, I have a song that absolutely drives Matt nuts because I like to sing it at the top of my voice. And it's a song with, I think, five key changes in. So doesn't always sound very good. But this is my favourite happy song to dance around the kitchen to. Okay, you can stop it. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> I love it. I love that song. Wait, too many notes to in one song. <laughs> um, anyone got a happy song that jumps to mind that they love to sing when they're feeling happy? They want to just shout out at me. Anyone going to be pro? Oh, say again. Did I hear someone? Nice, nice. Anyone else? Oh, I like it. Yeah, good. Any more? Ah, oh, like it. Very nice. Well done. On the clarinet. <laughs> On the clarinet. <laughs> okay, and then um, if I'm feeling particularly moody or angry, which, you know, does sometimes happen, um, I have this song that, again, I crank up pretty loud. Well, that's the beginning. <laughs> Anyone know what that is? Go on then. 
Yes, Joel. Very good. Welcome to the Black Parade, My Chemical Romance. That is my favourite go-to angry song. So if that's thrashing out of our house, maybe just turn around and walk away. Um, I also have one other angry song, but I have to say I feel so proud because I passed this angry song on to my teenage daughter. So again, if I hear this blaring out of her bedroom, I just go back downstairs and retreat and, with a glass of wine in the kitchen. So here we go. their ties, and their guns. Zombie, the Cranberries, absolute classic. Anyone got an angry song they would like to share? Not sing, just <laughs> got Love on top. Oh, nice. Yeah, Avril is brilliant if you're feeling a bit moody. Anyone else? Did I see your hand up here? Oh, yeah, bit of Guns and Roses. Yeah, very good. Guns and Roses. Anyone else got an angry song? Yeah, go on. Is it that I want you to want me? Oh. Nice. That whole soundtrack is amazing. Absolutely love 10 Things I Hate About You. But the point is that basically God has given us another gift, in another part of the gift of music to help us express our emotions. And it is just another way that he's been kind to us because he is a kind, generous, gift-giving God. And again, we may think that the link between music and emotions is new, but... Guys, it's been happening in the Bible for years and years and years. If you open up, you don't have to now. Two Chronicles, um, we read about the prophet Jeremiah composing funeral songs as a way to express grief. If we look at Nehemiah 12, there is the um, dedication of the new wall in Jerusalem happening. And again, the musicians were called in to write songs and perform them to celebrate it. And then if we um, go to James 5, he says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And if you want to see a real emotional roller coaster of songwriting, just go to the Psalms and read anything David wrote. So when you feel sad, listen to music. When you feel happy, listen to music. When you feel angry, listen to music and enjoy this gift God has given you to connect with your emotions. Next one. Here we go. If I start everyone by saying I'm going to be quick in my head, that means it will be. But I realize I talk for ages. He does. I know. What have we got? Uniting people. Music unites people. Okay, here's the uniting people Here we song. Go. You ready for this? I'm not sure we've got the right audience. Let's try it. Bad news for the English game. How about this? <laughs> We're not creative enough. We're not positive enough. It's coming home. It's coming home. Have we got the football crowd then? Yes! We'll go on getting back. It's on getting back. It's on getting back. Okay, how about, how about... Is this one better? Hold on, let's jump forward about. This is proper old school. At least I referenced Taylor Swift. Classic. Here we go. Touching hands. We know this. They still play this at the school disco. Does he sing? Reaching out. Touching me. Touching you. So you just want so that to carry on now. We'll do that afterwards, karaoke style. Let's do it. Right, Pop it on the list. Um, yes, sorry, it's a bit old school. So, 
straight away, I feel connected to you guys. Yeah, I feel like we are one. Um, it's, music has this amazing gift to unite people, bring people together in community. It can also do the exact opposite, can't it? It can really divide people. But it has the potential um, to bring people together. And that's an amazing part of this gift. And God created us to live in community with other people. He knows community is good for us. He knows that life is harder when we're on our own. And God wants us to be in that unity together. And there's loads of examples in the Bible of people singing songs together, um, living in harmony and singing those songs together. And the Bible says we should be filled with the Spirit, uh, dressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. And it's great to do that together. And there's something about those, those songs that just, they make you all sway and rock and raise your hands and go wah, wah, wah. All together, don't they? It just brings us together. And music connects across age, gender, race, ethnicity. It brings communities together. And we see it all over the place. And that's a brilliant, brilliant and powerful part of this gift. There you go. That was short. That was short. Well done. Okay, and finally, the final thing we want to talk about, the gift of, wor- of music, is that it is used to be able to worship and give glory to God, the ultimate gift giver. So we're going to just very quickly finish with this, looking at worship. We're going to unite the gift with the giver. We're going to bring it back to the place where he gets all the glory. So I have been leading worship for over 20 years. I can't be that old. I am. Um, And it's still the way I connect with Jesus the most. I love reading my Bible. I love meeting with other Christians. But worship for me is just, oh, it's just how I feel him, how I see him, and how I just encounter the Holy Spirit the most. So God gave us the gift of music to help us and to glorify him. So he desires a people who will worship him, who love him, and who use music to express that love. Music is used throughout the Bible again and again and again to give glory to Jesus. We read that before the world was made, the angels were worshipping in heaven at the throne of God. And we see in Revelation that we are going to be joining them, doing exactly that for the rest of eternity, which just sounds amazing says in Revelation, I looked again and heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and they were singing. And they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. You and I were made to worship Jesus, to use music and creativity to give glory to God, and that is what we have been designed to do. It's such a huge part of our God-given purpose here on earth is to give glory back to him. It says in 1 Chronicles, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful needs. Deeds, not needs. Deeds. He has no needs. Then we, when we shout the name of Jesus and worship him, hell trembles. When we sing of his glory, the darkness retreats. When we lift his name up, anxiety and depression and worry and stress cannot stand. When we live lives of worship in total surrender to Jesus, we could not be making better use of this beautiful gift of music that he has given us. Amen. Okay, so oh, did you want to? Play, you don't want to play a song, right? No. No. Yeah. We're worshiping the big top tonight. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> okay, so let's bring this into land. Um, 
This is an amazing gift. We have an amazing, beautiful, extravagant, generous God who has made us in his image. He is an awesome creator God. He is the first and ultimate creator. We are made in his image. He loves music and uses music and creativity and song and all different forms of art. Um, and he's given us that gift. He's made us all unique, but he has given us that gift. But with great power comes great responsibility. That one didn't did come there. from See the Bible, but... Okay, so this is kind of like a, a warning slash challenge slash, you know, thing to leave you with. That it says in James in the Bible that um, your tongue can bring both blessing and curses. And we have a personal responsibility to open this gift, to receive this gift. It's who God has created us to be, but to use it well, to live an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. It also says in the Bible that a spring of water doesn't give out both fresh water and bitter water. So there's lots of warnings in the Bible about what comes out of us. And if we are creative people, that's going to come out in different ways. Music, song, artwork, all all different kind of things. Much of the list is very short, but there's lots of different ways. And we've just got to be, as people that love God, if you do love God and you are following Jesus, um, like Simon talked about last night, we're following the person not kind of the rules and regulations. If we are in love with Jesus and following him, um, and we are going to open this gift from him, I want everything that comes out of me to point people ultimately to Jesus. And it might be that I'm writing a worship song. It might be that I'm writing an instrumental. I could be painting a picture or building something out of wood. All different things I could be doing. But I don't want to distract people from knowing God. If I put something out there that challenges people to think about life, think about the way they think, their view, and all that kind of stuff, brilliant. But if it's distracting people away from God towards something actually is going to cause greater separation, God is bigger than that, and God can still catch their hearts and save them, absolutely. God is bigger than anything I could ever do rightly or wrongly. But we can help, and I love Jesus. I want more people to love Jesus. Therefore, I want to use my creativity to try and help people find him. There are certain songs we won't sing at weddings or parties because we just think they're too crude and horrible. We think they're not helpful to people, and if that's coming out of my mouth, and on the other hand, I'm going to sit down there and tell you I'm a Christian and I love Jesus, I don't think that's right. Um, So... That's kind of how we live our life. We love music. It's such an important part of our life. But I don't want to be controversial for the sake of being controversial or distracting for the sake of being distracting. I want to use this beautiful gift um, to help people meet Jesus. I'll go back to a bit of um, Bach as well. He said, I play the notes as they are written, but it's God who makes the music. God gives us wisdom. He gives us the gift of music. He's blessed us with tongues, hands, ears, creativity, but he has given us a responsibility. So I guess what I want to say to you is love the gift, open the gift, explore the gift, use it to help set people free from mental um, illness, from physical illness, to bring people together, to worship God, to teach stories and lessons learned, help people remember the Bible and great things about God, all those wonderful things you can do with that gift. But stay close to Jesus, follow Jesus, submit to him, give him your gift back and say, Jesus, this gift is from you. Teach me how to use it. Teach me how to use it well. What does, what does that mean for me? What music means for me is very different to what it means to Phil. Phil makes beautiful things out of reclaimed timber. 
I can't do that. We, our creativity is expressed differently, but we both love Jesus, and we hope that everything we create and produce points people towards Jesus. And if you stay close to him, his character will shine through your character into the lives of others, and more people will get to know Jesus. So, what will be your legacy? What will people remember from your creations as creative people? And Colossians 3 says, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So in summing up, music is a beautiful gift from an even more beautiful giver. So let's open it up, make the most of it, enjoy it, and use it well. Thank you. We do have time for a little bit of um, Q&A. If anyone has any questions on the back of that that they are burning to ask or would like to, then put your hands up and I will run over to you with a microphone so that it can be caught on tape. Equally, it may have been so clear that there aren't any questions. Um, And everyone just wants to sing Sweet Caroline. Yeah. So I will just look around for a minute and flag me down... If you have anything, no pressure. Okay. Ah. (laughs) Seeing as no one else will. Um, A question to both of you. What is your most significant musical memory? Like what moment of music has had the biggest impact on you? And it could be a Christian worship setting. Uh, Equally, it could be something alternative to that. You go first, I think. I'm, uh, I'm going to go for a, a non-Christian setting musical moment. Um, has anyone heard of Passenger? That's a little bit old school as well. Um, we went to see um, Passenger play. Um, he was on his own. He had a guitar. He stamps his foot a bit. And we were in a venue of about 3,000 people. And he, he just had the audience on the edge of their seats for the whole thing. He would have you in fits of laughter shouting, cheering, going with him. Then the next moment in the story he was telling, there was just deathly silence in this place and everyone was just with him as he told stories of heartbreak and pain and all those kind of things. And I always remember that as one of those moments of where he just, the whole place, 3,000 people all together, no one, you know, there was plenty of people there drinking and all kinds of things, but no one was shouting out, no one was interrupting. And for me, that was just a, a lovely moment. Okay, I'll go for a, a spiritual one then, as you did. In, uh, we can do both um, sides of the spectrum. Um, I went, used to go to Spring Harvest when I was younger, a few years ago. Um, and I was in the youth work. I think I was 16, 17, can't remember. And the worship band in the youth work played The Stand by Hillsong. Um, just wave at me. Do you know that song, The Stand? Oh, if you've not heard it, because it is a bit old now, um, go away and have a listen to it. It is possibly one of the best, it's my favourite worship song of all time. And it's, you, knew, you know, we just have that moment in God in a worship session where he just, oh, just gets you. And it, w- it was that, I think that song, that moment, it was the year I got f- baptised in the spirit as well. And it was just, oh, just a beautiful moment. Thank you, that was a good question. Okay. Well, let's give another huge round of applause for Matt and Phil. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you.